All right, welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kern. Now, Walter, you're in New York right now, but yeah. you're not where you usually are, which apparently is a hotbed of Christian nationalism. Is that right? Well, that's right. I, I, I woke up last week in Livingston, Montana, my home, to find out, courtesy of the New York Times Magazine, a sort of early edition, usually comes out on Sunday, that I live in a near theocracy, uh, hard right Christian nationalist state. Only recently, it had a Montana. Uh, Montana had a Democratic governor. Um, only and, and, a, and a ticket splitting tradition, or I think was the word, right? Right. What was the, they used a very strange. Uh, they used a very strange construction. It was a. Uh, long been one of the most politically independent states, and it has a tradition of ticket splitting. Right. Well, we've got a Democratic senator, okay, uh, John mm -hmm. Tester. We recently had a Democratic governor, Steve Bullock, who got term limited out. Um, part of the uh, argument in the piece is that we have added a Republican representative but that's because we used to only have one congressman in Montana until recently because of our low population. But having added population, mostly from the East Coast and the West Coast, I might add, we got another uh, uh, representative who represented who represents the eastern half of the state. His district was carved out of the eastern part of the state, a place of prairies, ranches, and so on, which you know, has always been traditionally the cons most conservative part of the state. So the argument is somehow that having added a Republican uh, representative, we're taking a hard right turn and having elected a Republican governor. We've had Republican governors. Now, let me add, I've lived here for 32 years or lived there. I'm in New York right now. But, uh, We've had Republican governors for about half that time and Democratic governors for about half that time. Um, but apparently, without me knowing it, because I haven't looked outside recently, um, we have a near Taliban-like uh, situation in Montana, which is really weird because, as I say, uh, millionaires from the coasts, people not usually, and billionaires even, even people like MBS from Saudi Arabia, who's building a compound in Montana. Uh, yeah, it's, they, they, they mentioned somebody who sold a tech company and is worth $1.5 billion and is now moved. Yeah, to Montana I, I think that's our, go our governor, um, Greg Gianforte. Part of the argumentation in this piece is that because our governor is an evangelical Christian, um, we are now kind of under a sort of a medieval uh, state with a, with, you know, Pope-like leader or something. Um, th this piece put together uh, artfully a bunch of quotes from one from an old Republican lady at, found at some gathering who said, if you're coming to Montana, you'd better be Christian. And, you know, a few um, initiatives, ballot initiatives that had a conservative flavor and a few other comments to make it seem as though, you know, we're being ruled by, you know, Jerry Falwell himself. And, you know, uh, I could probably. Is Jerry Falwell dead? Yeah, I think he is. I think he is. Uh, you know, that, that 
that generation of evangelicals seems to have passed away pretty completely. But Montana is going to give them a run for the money, apparently. And, 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 you know, the funny thing is, is that having lived there for 32 years, I've not, this is now about the third cycle of Montana as militia threat that I've watched in the press. You know, in the 90s, uh, around the time of the Oklahoma City bombing, there was something called the Patriot Movement and the Militia Movement. And it was usually located in, in Montana because for readers of the New York Times, you can pretty much set any uh, scary trend in Montana without, um, you know, anyone checking on it. Um, it's harder nowadays because there are direct flights to Bozeman and there didn't used to be. So uh, yeah, it, don't, don't you think this is a classic example of how um, human interest stories get make it into the uh, the pages of publications like the New York Times? It's probably because there are rich people who either work at the Times or have friends at the Times who themselves have moved to Montana for all of the obvious reasons, right? They want to get away from how crap New York is suddenly um, and other cities that have issues these days. And so they, they're, they're fleeing to states like Montana. It was Idaho uh, a while ago, right? Remember the 90s, the great migration of rich Californians to Idaho? Um, oh, well, so- yeah, but there's an even easier answer, Matt. It's because of the show Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. And the show Yellowstone right, was, in yeah. the, was in the first Is paragraph. The of, it, it was in the lead of this piece. As though somehow this Kevin Costner soap opera um, can be kind of quasi-related to this ostensible uh, you know, far-right move. So I think the answer to why they're doing this is search engine optimization. Uh, right. They, they now have a, they now have a, a quasi-legitimate link to Yellowstone, Kevin Costner, etc., right in the lead paragraph. Um, they they that- even talk about the Costner's the the Costner character's decision to run for governor as if it was a a, a real political <laughs> as if it were a real political decision, right? Oh my lord! Was it's I like, it's that? like deciding that the universe is taking a far right turn because of Darth Vader in the Star Wars trilogy, right? Yeah, um, Baron von Harkonnen, you know. <laughs> uh. But you know, accompanying the text of this piece, and even more damning in the eyes of the person who knows nothing about Montana, were a bunch of photographs that were absolutely, completely manipulated and filtered in the way of like dystopian campaign ads. They, they put sort of dark, dark filtering on them and they showed things like a, you know, a, a, some kind of a Republican meeting in, in, in a, in a, you know, hotel ballroom or something, but filtered so as to look like some kind of, you know, satanic pageant. Uh, and uh, there's a, there's a photo of a flag that says God guns and Trump that I swear had to have two filters on it. (laughs) Remember the great journalism controversy of what was it? 1996 when was it Newsweek who darkened OJ on the cover? I I forget which magazine it was that, that, that made OJ blacker on the cover. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to come out and and accuse, accuse them of racism for, for using 
darker filters to suggest evil. Um, well, 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 they're they're clear, clearly trying to contrast with Yellowstone, which paints this incredibly attractive picture of what the landscape of Montana looks like, right? Um, and and they're using it, it kind of reminds me of the scenes from the Oliver Stone movie Nixon when he remembers his childhood, which was all in black and white, and it was him waiting for I I I, I think his one of his relatives to die of TB. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, it's so over the top, the, this piece. And I'm guessing doesn't have uh, too much to do with reality. Um, but you have to tell you, obviously you tell me you live there. Well, yeah. Here's the reality about Montana. I hate to have to counter such a ridiculous uh, alarmist piece, but I will anyway, for those who can't actually get to the state. It's a somewhat libertarian, uh, politically mixed up state with a history of big union organizing. You know, the far right state of Montana actually gave us the, the uh, wobblies, the workers of the world um, in uh, Butte, Montana, which was an old mining uh, uh, town. Um, we've got a ranching and agricultural uh, component to our economy and our population that's traditionally pretty conservative. In the same way, everything across the Great Plains having to do with ranching is pretty conservative. Um, you know, uh, as I've said, we retired a, a Democratic governor recently. We have a Democratic senator. Um, uh, he, he ran for president, right, Bullock? Uh, no. Uh, well, yeah, he did briefly. He was in one debate. Yeah, he, he, ran, he, he ran for president. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember talking to one of his staffers. Uh, uh, sound, they, they sounded nice. Yeah. We just legalized marijuana, which for a Christian nationalist state is a little peculiar. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I live in a town that, is probably as liberal as any town I've ever lived in, frankly, Livingston, Montana, you know, uh, everything, community food resource center, community, this community, that it's a, it's a place of, you know, incredible civic engagement and, and the kind of old style, uh, you know, share the burden ethic. Uh, we have a town, a university town, Missoula, which was a nuclear free zone for a while, I believe. Um, it was, uh, and has got some of the most liberal, liberal arts, uh, departments in the country, uh, including a famed creative writing program. Uh, so we also have a state constitution, which was mentioned in the piece, um, that is probably the most liberal state constitution in the United States. Uh, people can get back to us on that, the real wonks, but, uh, I don't think that's an overstatement it's literally uh, and and this is this is cited in the piece a state constitution which guarantees the right to a healthful environment environment and makes all sorts of privacy guarantees as well strangely it was written in the 70s um oh well that's suspicious yeah yeah but there are some people who don't like it and they were quoted in the piece yeah. and they haven't liked it forever but in any case you wonder what the motivation, as I say, is for 
painting a whole state as some sort of Lenny Riefenstahl hive of, uh, you know, potential nationalist rebellion. And I can yeah, only what, what what can you say at this point? Go go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I I can only think. I mean, there always has to be a center of evil in the United States, right? I mean, uh, and and for a while it was northern Idaho, like you say, um, which did genuinely have some some Christian uh, white supremacist uh, um, compounds, as it were, uh, but. Uh, so now I guess it's Montana's turn in the stocks. But m- more than that, I think the piece was a kind of lifestyle piece gone wrong. You know, everything about it was kind of exotic. It may, I, it, even if I were, even if I were a Marxist, I'd kind of want to move to Montana after I read this piece. It, it looked um, kind of unreconstructed and wild and, 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 and full of characters and, you know, conflict and so on uh and somehow without would want to move to that when you can live in an identical suburban milieu with which has the (laughs) same the same nine chain stores that every other town in america has and you know live next to neighbors who have the the same opinions as each other and where and have the same uh hate hate has no home here sign on their on their front lawns well, um, we have we have those yeah. signs too. I mean, and we have all the espresso mm-hmm. drinks and all you know. Um, but but one thing that is unique about Montana is it's one of the only states without a Fortune 500 company headquarters. Montana is probably mm. among the very least corporate states in the United States, um, and so its uh, politics tend to be very flavorful without that dull corporate filter on them. Um, and and, and mm. a journalist for the New York Times can come out and probably get someone to say almost anything, you know, uh, you know, talk about flat earth or uh, aliens hiding in volcanic caverns um, and, and sell any vision of the place. But, but if there were not a hit TV show and more than one, uh, because the Yellowstone show has now spawned prequels, uh, which are hits too. Right. Um, there would probably be no reason to go after Montana. And if you're going to talk about, you know, nascent theocracies in the United States, let's start with Utah. You know, let, let, let's start with Mormon Utah and even Mormon Nevada and Arizona. But you know, well, they had they had they had the show about that, right? They had they had the HBO Bill Paxton vehicle. What was that one called? After I forget. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the one about all the polygamist husband. Um, yeah, and he had to, he 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 was like gulping down all the Vi- Viagra because he couldn't keep up, and that was pretty right. funny, right? Um, but, uh, um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, and then I, but of course there's there's Wyoming has Longmire, right? Uh, or well, had Longmire. What about Wyoming's far right turn? We got rid of uh, you know Liz Cheney, um, Liz Cheney, darling of the moderate, you know Republican establishment. Um, the the truth is is that the West is politically up for grabs almost constantly. Um, and uh, y- you can paint any portrait of it you want. Uh, 
now though i'm going to have to on my trips to new york city probably you know defend myself explain uh, uh tell people i'm okay uh well allay their but worries but about my safety will immediately understand that you're you, that you're just hiding you know that you moved there to be with your chapter of you know the knights of whatever right yeah um, yeah 32 yeah. years ago, I, I knew this hard right turn right. was coming, and uh, yeah. I've been biding my time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, well, you well, know, let's, uh, let's move not, on. Not to be serious about this, uh, just quickly, I, I, one, one more note about this, because it drives me nuts. The, the, the latest trend in what newspapers like the Times and the Washington Post care about um, is basically anything outside of their sensibility is suspect. You know, I mean, they, they, they made this explicit with, with those ridiculous Taylor Lorenz pieces about, about uh, how conversations could be going on in clubhouse that could not, you know, might, might perhaps not be monitored. Um, And, you know, they've, they've, they've gone on in a hundred different ways to, to go after any place that isn't strictly like a protectorate of this kind of, of the sort of modern media bubble, which is the opposite of what you'd want to do if you were trying to widen your audience, you know, um, like, why would you do that as, as, as a journalist, as a writer, like, why would you go and look? look to do a hit piece on a whole state it it just it doesn't make any sense for for a media organization that's floundering well i I don't get it let me be serious for a moment do you remember a couple of years ago when georgia was sort of uh you know in focus as a place of insufficient liberalism and there were threats that hollywood would pull out some of its productions from Georgia, if they didn't, you mm-hmm. know, am- amend their, their, their state laws. I, I think a similar kind of blackmail might be happening here with Montana. Um, Montana is a state that is suddenly the home to the most successful Hollywood productions going. Um, and, mm. you know, there are a lot of those people back in Hollywood, back in Los Angeles and in New York, the homes of the entertainment industry who could probably be persuaded that it's a little iffy to keep producing this stuff in a state of, you know, resurgent Christian nationalism. So I don't think it's out of line to suspect that this may be an attempt to discipline Montana politically by threatening vaguely that it might not get the Hollywood money and the, and and the the entertainment and media um, money that it's been getting if it doesn't shape up a little. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just so obnoxious. I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's so far outside what I would think of as like the mission of a news organization, but whatever. Um, it's a know, it's a feature article. It's it's. It's neither fish nor fowl this piece because it's in the magazine, not the newspaper. That's what allows for the the big scary uh, pictures. You know, one shows a a cross, right. a roadside cross in a rearview mirror. Yeah, I like, saw that one. 
Talk about yeah. metaphorical complexity, you know, the backwardness of the rearview mirror plus the scariness of the nighttime illuminated cross with shades of the Ku Klux Klan. Which is ga- it's gaining on you. Yeah. And, and, and it's gaining on you, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. That, that, that picture was as over the top as like the, the uh, scorched baby at the fire scene. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm surprised the photographer. The I'm surprised the photographer didn't go out and light the cross on fire. You know, it, it, they could have. <laughs> um. <laughs> there was so much they left on the table that. Would, in that picture. Yeah, wouldn't you love to put some some sodium pentothal into that crew and <laughs> and find out if any of them had that thought? Oh um, yeah. Well, no, apparently, the, apparently the photographers and writers uh, of that or writer of that piece escaped unharmed. Um, the weird <laughs> thing about that is that the writer Abe Streep used to be at Outside Magazine, and uh, there was a time when Outside Magazine was thinking of relocating to Livingston, Montana, um, and, hmm. and he seemed excited at the time about the prospect, but no longer would he be. I I would wager um anyway right right well anyway okay we should move on because there is another ridiculously interesting story that broke this week the 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 leaking of uh the story that joe biden's got classified documents in his corvette which uh, which is in a locked garage um there are so many angles to the story that are unlikely, um, but also probably pretty transparent, uh, that it almost boggles the mind that the, the story is out there. Uh, well, why, why don't you count the what's way your interpretation? Well, you, I, I want you to count the ways in which it seems unlikely first, because, you know, I, I'll add to the list, I'm sure. So, okay. We just went through a nearly identical story, which you, you and you and I um, mistakenly thought was going to be the biggest story in the world for a long time, which was the raid on Mar-a-Lago mm-hmm. um, uh, in the home of Donald Trump because he was keeping classified uh, records at his house. And we were told everything from these were nuclear secrets that were being going to be sold to the Russians or whatever, um, to God knows what else sources and methods. Like there were, there were, they, they brought out every conceivable law enforcement cliche to describe the, the nefarious intent uh, in that story. But here, um, so now we have a, a basically identical story about um, classified records that, Joe Biden has apparently uh, stored incorrectly for uh, six years. And the, the interesting part isn't even the story. It's where does it come from? And, you know, the first time I saw it was in a CNN story, which quoted uh, the familiar source, familiar with the matter, uh, who do, who explained that the U.S. attorney in Chicago, John Lausch, has been briefing Merrick Garland. Um, 
So you can read into that what you want, but it sure looks like the Democratic Party is pulling a Frankie Pantangelo on um, uh, Joe Biden and essentially saying, like, dude, you're the clock clock has run out on your presidency you're out um somebody else is gonna run and uh you might want to do the honorable thing <laughs> and uh unless this, and if you don't this is gonna get worse that that, that was my read on this and right. and, and who, who this came from seems pretty clear to me but you know obviously we can't we can't really talk about that too much because um you know it's not reported so uh, but so the, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? So the first documents were ostensibly discovered at something called the Penn Biden Center, which is described as a think tank. And, and in certain articles, it's, uh, it, it's also said that it's funded by the Chinese to a large extent, by Chinese money. Um, they were supposedly found by his lawyer, um, who he uses as a janitor, apparently, to clean out his old offices. And uh, they were supposedly found before the election, um, a fact not reported until rather recently. And uh, Yeah, it was on the 4th, so they could have put this out beforehand, and, you know, who knows what that would have meant. Yeah. So we're to believe that everybody was sort of surprised by this discovery of these documents. Um were to believe that the lawyer came across them for some reason, not Joe and certainly not the FBI. The FBI so far hasn't been needed, apparently. Um, and, and one of the big defenses of, 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 of Biden has been that he's cooperated completely. It hasn't required the FBI raiding him to have him turn these things over. Um, oh, the montage of all the people talking about the, you know, the, the difference in reaction is uh, the comedy factor is just through the roof on this. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. From the right, it's pointed out that the, the vice president has no right to have documents at all or take them with him uh, of any classification status. And that it is at least theoretically true that the president, uh, Trump, has declassification uh, powers, but but that aside. So then we're also to believe that once this these documents were found, there's this sort of ongoing honor system in which Biden's people are allowed to keep discovering new ones or something. Uh, I mean, uh, we just had a special counsel then uh, appointed yesterday, was it, uh, to to cover this uh, topic? Now. On special councils, they aren't that special anymore, okay? We've got three going right now. You know, once you get to three special councils operating simultaneously, they're no longer special. Uh, what is it about <laughs> our system that that causes us to have special councils whenever something needs to be investigated? I, I mean, uh, anyway. I, I, th I think it's the widespread expectation that... that bureaucracies um, are too corrupt to investigate themselves. But anyway. Yeah, but the special yeah. counsels are appointed by the bureaucracies. I mean, right. I mean, let's think about this. The same people who raided Trump and then, and then appointed a special counsel are the people who are investigating, who, who, who found Biden worthy of a special counsel. 
you know, this is all emanating from one department of justice, the whole thing. And whatever pretense it might be making to even handedness, it still all goes back to Merrick Garland, the same guy um, who doesn't like Trump and was appointed by Joe Biden. Um, Now, but the most curious aspect of this whole thing has been that the media, uh, the, the corporate mainstream media, the elite media, as it were, that has so far done everything it can uh, to to not notice Joe Biden's deficiencies, to speak well of him in the most embarrassing situations, to, uh, you know, compare him favorably to Trump in every instance. That media is the one that is somewhat aggressively bringing out this evidence against Joe Biden, which is the most absurd element of the whole thing. You know, are are they trying to get their credibility back, Uh, which they didn't, you know, Matt, you've called for a truth and reconciliation uh, committee or something to a movement to to uh, so sort of heal the. The, the damaged reputation of the press. Uh, maybe this is their own self-appointed way of pretending to ob- objectivity. But they're also totally schizoid because at the same time they're bringing out the evidence, they're working as fast as they can to minimize, rationalize, and uh, sort of contextualize uh, its severity. They they just don't they just don't know how to how to stop being political animals, you know? Um, and you, you can't do this job if, if you're constantly making calculations about uh, the political impact. And If you're hearing this message, you're listening to the free version of America This Week. To hear the rest of our conversation, please subscribe to TK News at taibi.substack.com.